0: Today's scripture comes from Mark 14, 1 through 9. It was two days before the Passover, in the festival of unleavened bread. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. For they said, Not during the festival, or there may be a riot among the people. While he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very costly anointment of nard. And she broke open the jar and poured the anointment on his head. But some were there who said to one another in anger, why was the anointment wasted in this way? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and the money given to the poor. And they scowled at her. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has performed a good service for me. For you always have the poor with you and you can show kindness to them whenever you wish. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could do. She she has anointed my body beforehand for its burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, What she has done will be told in remembrance of her. This is the word of God for the people of God.
1: God. Good morning, church. It's so good to see you this morning, and good morning to everyone online. Thank you for joining us. We're so glad that you're here. This passage of scripture is very um, significant in Jesus as he was going to the cross. It's a very significant part of, his, uh, of the story of Jesus. John has been teaching, taught last week, about what we value and what's important and talked about the importance of um, the war we're in for America right now. And so I, want, I just felt like this particular passage would be so strong to talk about in how we do ministry and how we minister as a community and how we are before the Lord. This narrative provides three contrasting evaluations of Jesus' worth. One is one of lavish devotion. The other is kind of limited devotion. And the last, Judas' response, is the biblical price of a slave. So Jesus says that he would be crucified. He had been telling them that all along. He had been telling them that repeatedly and they, the disciples, weren't getting it. They had a plan that they thought he would run out the Romans and turn the world upside down. And they did turn the world upside down, but it wasn't necessarily by running out the Romans. It was more by converting a lot of the Romans as they came to know Jesus. Crucifixion was considered to be the cruelest and most painful and most degrading form of common criminal execution. Passover was a reminder when God redeemed the sins of Israel with the blood of the Lamb. And in John 1, we're reminded, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so in this story, the woman I think had tremendous courage I mean, think about that era, and think about that time, and, and women just weren't that big a deal. You know, for Martha to make the exclamation, you know, you are the Messiah, that was huge. And Jesus talking to women, and talking to the Samaritan woman in scripture, and, and all that kind of thing, that was a huge thing for him to do that. So think about the courage that it took for her to go into a room full of men, Right? Disciples, other friends had gathered for a meal. In the Gospel of John, it talks about how Martha was serving, she was preparing the meal. And Mary goes in and she anoints Jesus with oil. Now everyone would have noticed, right? That would not have been something where they're just going, oh, I missed that, sorry. She pours it over his head and they think the amount was like 12 ounces. Now that's like a can of Coke or Diet Coke Pepper or whatever, that was a lot. And the value of it was worth a year's wages. Now, think about that in that day, in that time, that she had saved it. Jesus said, She saved it for my burial, and she poured it over his head, and she poured it all out. It was all gone. Probably the amount of it had come. Uh, had been gathered as a family. It was a big deal. It was a huge sacrifice. Very expensive, probably from Northern India. It's not something you order on Amazon. Um, She did what she could. Jesus said she did what she could. The disciples were indignant. It says they were angry. One version said they rebuked her. Now, can you imagine what that would feel like? Number one, she goes into a, a room full of men, thinking I'm supposed to do this, I'm supposed to pour this oil over Jesus' head. That had to be something they noticed, you know, right? And, and yet they did not see the significance of it. They were like, what are you doing? And Jesus then steps in and says, what she has done, she's anointed me for burial. They didn't wanna hear that. They weren't even going there. But what she has done, he said, would be told all around the world whenever the gospel is, is preached. It's important to know that kings were anointed by pouring oil over their head in biblical times. Jesus said that it was a different kind of anointing. And in a few days, he would be wearing a different type of crown. So it was completely um, different than what the disciples were thinking it would be it was completely different than what they had anticipated judas betrayed jesus for 30 pieces of silver and that's the cost of a slave in biblical times if you go to exodus 21 it talks about that if you have a farm animal that that kills a slave or whatever then you need to pay back the person 30 pieces of silver 30 pieces of silver for the son of god 30 pieces of silver for for the one that created the world and was going to be die so that we would have a savior. So I think it's just so important to think about this, how significant it was, how the disciples were so out of tune pretty much. Uh, I doubt, seriously, there were any women in the room, not trying to say they would have figured it out either, but this very much was a room full of Y chromosome people, right? And so do y'all, y'all remember biology or... Y'all get it, kind of? Okay, good, good. There are theories about the Y chromosome. Anyway, so we need to, to really think about the disciples. They didn't think the significance of what was happening to him. They didn't see that as, oh my goodness, this is so significant. But rather they rebuked her in front of everyone. Imagine how she felt. Imagine how she felt. And yet Jesus said, whatever she has done, she has done this for me, and she's done it to prepare me for the burial. So what do we do for Jesus? You know, it kind of struck me reading this passage. You know, how much is he worth to us? What is the worth of Jesus? And I'm not talking about money, but to consider the worth that he sees in us in the sense that he went to the cross so that we could be in relationship with God the significance of our response in that of all that he has done for us and all that he did on the cross so what does he want from us well he really wants us you know I mean he wants us and he wants us to know that what he has gone through is so that we don't have to do that alone. There will be times very much when we go through difficult times and everyone does that. Some more than others, but everyone does that. And yet, Jesus went through the cross to help us and to take our fear or to take our shame or to take our grief. And it doesn't mean, poof, it's gone, but it does mean he walks with us as we invite him into that, into our fear, into, you know, anxiety, whatever it is, he died on the cross for that. And so part of our response is, help me here, God. Help me, rather than thinking we can figure it all out. Our world right now is in a lot of turmoil, or if you've watched any TV in the last, you know, whatever, three months or something, the turmoil that there has been, and yet, there has not been any um, coverage that I have seen of the revival that's going on in Portland or the revival that's going on in Seattle. Google it. Riots, not right now, riots to revival. And a pastor from Bethel Church has been going to those places. And Google it, you'll find it. Look at uh, Minneapolis, a revival in Minneapolis, at the site where George Floyd was murdered. Revival is going on. And so even though sometimes we can't see it and we may not see it in the media, God is moving and praying that the chaos, so there was a report in, I think Portland, that as they were meeting, that, that people from a, a satanic group were going through their midst saying, "Hell, Satan, Hell, Satan. And they still just kept worshiping. People being baptized in a river to accept the Lord. I mean, really remarkable. And so even though we are seeing images that are very distressing, and certainly we pray about that, we also pray for God to move in mighty ways. He wants to take our trauma and our prejudice. It's not that we don't go through those things, but it is very different when we go through it with Him. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says, Do not fear, I will help you. That's in everything. That's in everything. So he wants the junk in our lives when we come to him. It's not like we have to make ourselves perfect. That would be a problem, right? We come to him and he accepts us, we accept him as our Savior. We repent of our sin and he takes the turmoil of our lives and he begins to work in it and he begins to redeem. I'd like to share with you, not doing this to make y'all hungry. I didn't want to just, this is from my daughter's fireplace. It's, you know, anyway, there's a passage in Isaiah 61 that Jesus saw as the, he quoted Isaiah 61, 1 and 2, and Luke, and other places, declaring his ministry that he would bring good news to the poor, you know, and he would bind up the brokenhearted, and all of that. And part of that passage in Isaiah 61 talks about that he, he will give us, in some places it says beauty, some places it says like a tiara, some places it says like a turban, but instead of ashes, he gives us beauty. It's a trade. We don't keep our junk and he gives us a tiara or whatever. We don't do that. But the ashes of our lives, when Israel had sinned and Judah had sinned and there was the uh, Babylonian came in and, and they conquered them and hauled them off to Babylon and all of that, and that was very, very brutal. Um, they put Literally, they put, would put ashes on their head showing that they were in mourning, showing that they were in grief. And Jesus said in Isaiah 61, or Isaiah says in 61, and this is what Jesus came to do, that I trade you, your ashes, for beauty or a turban. You know, that it, instead of mourning, he gives us a glad spirit. And that's not to say that when everything is difficult, we're just kind of bouncing around and oh, everything is so wonderful. But it is to say that's redemption. That he takes my anger he takes my rage. And it's not just at the point of salvation, but friends, it's every day. It's every day that he takes my grief or anger or trauma. And he takes yours. At whatever point you are in your life, he takes us. He made us in his image. We don't have to fix ourselves. We do need to sometimes surrender our self-talk about how we feel about ourselves. The tapes that play in our minds. But he went to the cross. There are things that sometimes we do to give ourselves value, thinking that, of course, would help. So a new car, and new cars aren't bad, you know, or a new house, you know, or the different things that we do, the different things that we do so that we feel better about ourselves. Sometimes the things we value, like, you know, and not, I know I'm getting on thin ice here, but, you know, like sports teams and things like that. I mean, that's all (laughs) awesome, but the amount of money they make is crazy. And you have first responders that go in and pull people out of burning buildings, and you have teachers that spend 11 or 12 hours a day teaching our little darlings, and then grading papers. I encourage you to think about the people that you value, the people that you consider to be heroes. Um, and certainly it's fine to have a favorite player or whatever, that's all cool, but is it in perspective to the people that run to the battle, the people that run to the fire, the people that prevent us from being living in chaos? Do you realize how different it would be if there was not a police department? I've traveled in countries where there was no police department, and I promise you, you don't want to stay very long. You just don't. C.S. Lewis wrote, Human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. Our only fulfillment is in Jesus. And we can search after so many things and money and all that kind of stuff, but when it comes down to... The most important thing is our relationship with Jesus, and everything else pales. For those that are about to go to college, awesome, awesome, awesome. But compared to the important things you've done in your life, if you've accepted Jesus as your savior, you can check that off, that you've done the most important thing that will, that will influence your life forever, and where you will spend eternity. So I encourage you to think about how we value how we sacrifice, the things that we do. And I think sometimes it is a matter of how do we walk in really difficult times? Easy times are pretty easy, right? I mean, that's why we use the word easy, right? I want you to think about when life is hard, then do we still honor Him? And do we still trust Him? And do we really say, no matter what, I love you, God, and I will serve you. And so for me, some of the heroes of faith, and, and I have many, and, but I would just say that, that Brandon and Rachel Knight are some of my heroes. Asher and Banner, as they are just walking a hard, hard road. Amalia and Chris Ayers, as they walk and are walking a hard, hard road. And there are many others. There are people caring for elderly parents and they can't even get in to see them. They can't even get in to see them. Rachel Dillon, maybe Doug's second daughter is a nurse and works with hospice care and, and some of that works when people are really ill. And she posted this week on Facebook So I'm not sharing a story, but she posted on Facebook how she has held the hands of people taking their last breath because their family could not get in to see them. And how she has held her phone for them to be able to say goodbye to their family over her phone because they were not allowed to be in with them at that time. And I would just say to you that, you know, nurses, I mean, people that help take care of us, we live in uncertain times. The certainty is we know that God is moving and we know that we are on a journey and we're not there yet. But regardless of what we may face, may it be for all of us that we would be like the woman that poured out the ointment, that that we would lavishly love God that we would give, she gave everything. Jesus said she did what she could. So am I that way in prayer? Am I that way just in service? Do I think of him during the day? There's a a brother, I'm gonna say it wrong, but the guy that wrote, uh, Practicing the Presence of God, brother, what y'all are? Y'all win. Um, Talked about just trying to think of him all the time. And he, he was grateful when he could do menial tasks like wash the dishes or something because he could then praise God. Now, I will confess to you when I'm washing the dishes, that's usually not my first thought. You know, my first thought is how fast can I do this to where I can do something else? Oh my goodness, church. God has given us everything. We are made in his image. Yes, sin has tarnished that image. But accepting Jesus as our Savior, repenting of our sin then we're in relationship with the creator of the universe. And even though the world may look chaotic and crazy, he is not. He is Lord of creation, not chaos. So I encourage you, I encourage us all this day to think about the woman that gave a year's salary, let's just say $30,000 in our society, that is a lot of money. And yet she did it to minister to the one that would die on the cross, the one that, yes, as kings were anointed by pouring oil on their head, Jesus wore a different crown. And her story is told And it's truly part of the crucifixion story, the resurrection story, the pouring out of the spirit. It's truly a part of that era. What a blessing that we know the Lord. What a blessing that the opportunities we have. And as we see chaos and as things happen that we do not understand, praying that he would move in those situations and he would raise up pastors and missionaries and and people to minister. That he would move by his spirit. Even giving people dreams in the Middle East. report There are many stories of people having dreams of Jesus and coming to know him. So we thank God for this time. And even though it may be chaotic and even though it may be hard. That we say we, we love him. And we're going to honor him no matter what.